0: Is burnout something that you have suffered with over the years? Perhaps you've not even known that it was burnout. I know that it's something that I have dealt with um, definitely throughout my adult life and I see this a lot with um, my many clients and this is why I've wanted to do a workshop on it. I am specifically targeting the the boom or bust um, cycle of burnout where we sort of just keep going through this and forgetting what, um, what contributes to the burnout. So on the 12th of October at 12.30pm, I'll be doing a live workshop on ADHD burnout, how to break the boom or bust cycle and create more equilibrium in your life. Now, I recognise that we are more prone to, to burnouts and actually, um, I think it's around 55% of people with ADHD have experienced burnout, which is a lot higher than neurotypicals. This is lots of different traits of ours that we procrastinate, then we work very quickly to a deadline. We have a lot going on in our heads, so we're constantly wanting to create more. We're perfectionists and we just never feel like what we've done is enough but also there's a lack of trust there. There's a lot of self-doubt. So we're constantly checking and rechecking, which is really stressful in our nervous system. These are just a few of the elements of, of why burnout shows up more with ADHD. And this is what I'm going to be talking about at the workshop. Now, if you can't make the live workshop, there will be a recording, but I do urge you to join a live workshop because what I will be doing in the last 15 minutes is offering a 15-20 minute Q&A. And I don't normally do this, I don't normally open it up, but I want to be able to offer some of my Teachings, my guidance, personalized questions to help you with regards to this subject on burnout, but also anything else on ADHD. So, if you fancy asking me some questions, whether it is burnout and um, exhaustion and being able to sort of manage your energy levels better, being able to break this cycle so you do have more sort of harmony and equilibrium where it just feels a little bit more even, then I um, definitely would say come and join the workshop. It's £33 and you're going to be getting a lot of content there. So if you are interested, it is on the 12th of October, 12.30pm. I really hope to see you there. All the links are in the show notes, but also on my social media handle as well, or just head to my website, which is coachingbykate.me.uk. Go onto the workshops area and you'll see all the information there. Really hope to see you then. Welcome to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, your host, and if you've arrived here, there must be a reason. I'm guessing you're curious to learn more about improving your wellbeing alongside ADHD, or maybe looking for some advice or guidance to feel healthier and calmer. So, why start this podcast? I'm a wellbeing and lifestyle coach, EFT practitioner, mum to four kids and I discovered my own ADHD alongside one of my daughters at the age of 40 and now after supporting many other women just like me and probably you I feel there's a need for more emphasis on well-being and lifestyle help for women with ADHD and through the podcast I want to offer you new insights and perspectives to enable you to live your most fulfilled calm and balanced life So wherever you are on your ADHD journey, my aim is to support you in finding the awareness and the most aligned tools to enhance your well-being so you can make the most intentional mindset and lifestyle choices moving forwards. Ready to get started? Here's the episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the ADHD Women's Wellbeing podcast and today we are talking Cycles and we're talking hormonal women's cycles. And I think the connection between that and ADHD is huge. I've noticed it for myself. I notice it with friends, and we I've got an expert here to really sort of dig deeper into why it's so important for us to have an awareness around our cycles and how we can harness them so we can feel more energized and calmer throughout our month. So we have Adele Wimsett with us today. and Adele is a women's health practitioner and a cyclical living expert who was diagnosed with combined ADHD at the age of 41. And she has also co-authored a book called The Essential Feminine Wisdom and is passionate about educating women and girls on how to harness the power of their cyclical nature. Adele brings the woo and the science, supporting women to balance hormones naturally and is passionate about speaking on all things menstrual education. Hala, bloody Lulia. I am excited <laughs> about this because this is the conversations that we should be having and we should be empowering ourselves and our daughters with this knowledge and I know we'll get into this but I I did um, I got a workshop from you for, for my 14 year old daughter and she was very resistant but actually afterwards I know that deep down even though she didn't want to admit it that it probably was a very helpful thing. So Adele, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to get chatting.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Give me a state box to talk about periods and I'm in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Love it. I mean, we should be talking about this all the time. Just before we get started, we were—I was um, away with my family, an extended family, and um, there's a lot of girls in our family. They've got—I've got lots of nieces. I've got three daughters myself, and it's lots of the men are, are um, outnumbered. And we ended up round the table just talking about who was due on and who was feeling rubbish because of their period, and. Someone said, why do we need to be talking about this in front of one of the men? And we were all like, this is exactly what we should be talking about in front of the men. They need to understand that it needs to be normalized. And actually, my son, who is nearly 17, was the one that said, you know, "I, I don't care. Like, it's just so normal. Talk about periods, you know, like it's it's what men should be hearing on a daily basis. So it's not like this weird taboo and they can understand why certain times of the month we are feeling the way we are but also to normalize it for our children so when they do get their periods and they are feeling rubbish then they understand why so I'm so delighted that you have got this platform and we can talk about this today you know, what you're talking about there is such
1: an outdated way. You know, there is this massive menstrual movement across the globe where women are taking their power back. You know, if men had periods, we would be talking about it. You know, we're taking our power back and because I believe the menstrual cycle is the centre of our feminine power. And what we've done for so long is shut that down with to be in our masculine, to succeed in life. And I think there's this big movement to say, no more. My cycle, I need to work with our cycle if we want to feel good. We are not small men. We are women with a different hormone system, a different endocrine system. We fluctuate, we change, which we're really going to deep dive into today. And men do the same thing all the time so we can talk about that we're different and yet we're trying to live like we're the same and this is making us sick Mm. so I think embracing all of that I love that you continue the conversation
0: yeah I mean I've noticed it all my life for sure that my my I've definitely had um, PMS like really quite difficult PMS where hormones have, um, you know, I tried contraception, I tried all sorts of different things and it just didn't work for me. So I had to embrace quite a holistic way of managing my hormones from a really early age. Like I I think I was just intuitive to the fact that if I didn't try different things at different times of the month, I was really going to suffer. And I'm so grateful to have had that kind of intuitive nudge that i i needed to um step away from that type of um sort of hormones however i'm completely pro hrt and it's something that i'm using at the moment so this is like you know it's so interesting isn't it how different ages it works and and we sort of have to keep trialing different things but let's go back to adhd because this is why we are here because I think it's only just starting to be recognized. We've discussed it in a couple of other previous episodes, the impact hormones can have on our ADHD and how we can navigate that and how where the awareness is and how we can use our cycle. So maybe let's strip it back a little bit. I know that you are Diagnosed, you were diagnosed at 41, similar age to me. I guess, how did you start recognising the impact of your own hormones and how that manifested in ADHD symptoms and traits? It's really
1: interesting um, because actually, my background was in safeguarding. So I worked within the youth justice system for 20 years. Um, I was in quite a senior role there where one of my lead areas was female offending and. So I had what I felt to be quite a good understanding of ADHD, you know, because a lot of the young people we were seeing, and particularly, you know, in the prison system, we see a disproportionate number of children with ADHD. And I was working with one of the mental health professionals, and we we got on well. She went, You know, you know, you've got ADHD, don't you? And I was like, Yeah, you know, I've always been very high energy, always been able to process a lot of information very quickly, very intuitive, you know, all those kind of things, but didn't think a lot of it. And it wasn't until I started to see traits in my eldest daughter and start to then understand that it shows up so differently in, in women and girls. And this really sparked my inner feminist, she's probably not that much, that inner, she's probably very outer actually, and thinking once again, here we are with this massive gender bias in medicine and understanding these differences. So I actually wanted to lead by example because I went to a support group um, for, as, as a parent and ended up, this, the psych that was speaking there was just incredible. And within four weeks, I was diagnosed through him, you know, just amazing. And actually, I'd had this like, what's the point? What's the point of being diagnosed? You know, I, I've done really well in my life, you know, I've succeeded. What do I need it for? And actually, it was one of the most validating experiences of my life. And for a long time, I've worked with my cycle. And actually having left the Youth Justice Service, that's all I do. I, I work with women around their hormones and their cycle, as you said. And then deepening that understanding of the role that hormones play And understanding our cycle for ADHD women is huge and seeing the significant higher numbers of women with PMT, PMDD, which is a severe form of PMT, the way we struggle with perimenopause, and yet it's not considered in treatment plans. So I am really passionate about supporting women with this because it's fundamental. Our cycle affects everything in our lives. And when we learn, you know, for example, how we might feel, we might struggle more in that PMT phase that's called the luteal phase, it's imperative that we really honour that and work with that, which we can talk about. But it was just suddenly that like, oh, everything makes sense, <laughs> you know, which I'm sure so many women who get diagnosed, you know, why was I missed all those years? And that kind of that process you go through of reflecting back. And I, I refuse to allow my daughters to live with that inner dialogue of knowing they were different but not really understanding why. Yeah. And embracing that so yeah it's been quite a journey as it is for
0: so many of us when we get diagnosed in this season of our life yeah yeah I mean I really resonate with that especially you know with my daughters as well it's like I want to I'm learning all of this to be able to help myself obviously help my audience and clients but my biggest passion is ensuring that my daughters have have got information and awareness that I didn't have and I just hope and pray that you know this is across the board that these conversations about periods and hormones and perimenopause is so part and parcel of of life education and knowledge for both men and women that it's when it happens it's not like this like what, what's wrong with me something bad's happening it's like okay Absolutely. what tools have I got what can I do to support myself
1: and i think you know we know as women that our inner critic is really loud at certain times you know like something just to pick up what you said there you know about thinking about what's wrong with me what's going on with me nothing's wrong with us once we understand what is happening to us from a cyclical perspective we go, oh, we can quieten that inner critic. We can manage our, make, create this ADHD friendly lifestyle around our cycle, you know, and we have to expand this. I know there's a massive push at the moment to get screening tools, assessment tools, intervention, treatment options to be changed for girls because they're based on this stereotypical outdated view of it being a naughty little boy bouncing around the classroom and it's so can be so so different for females and you know even lab rats are male you know we test medicines on male lab rats you know women are different we have this different response and if women choose to be medicated they may only need to be medicated for a certain part of their cycle when estrogen is lower you know so it needs to be taken into consideration so i love what you're doing kate with raising awareness around this
0: yeah i mean it's it's so powerful because I mean, I'm going to be completely candid here. I tried different types of birth control, contraception, even when Ooh. I wasn't, you know, like married or anything like that. We're not even for, for that reason, just to sort of try and help balance my hormones. And it had such an adverse reaction on me. And I was like, why were my friends able to just carry on? It's not having any impact on them. And I was sent like, just totally, like, my personality changed, I felt out of control, I felt like I was aggressive, and angry, and depressed, and all of these things, and I was like, wow, there's something going on here that a lot of people, my friends aren't experiencing, and I couldn't put my finger on it, and then I started noticing, like, my cycles, this huge disparity between the beginning of my cycle where I am like super energetic, you know, really like buzzing, high vibe, really happy, not critical about myself or others. And then slowly it kind of, you know, the descent, the descent, the descent. And to the point where sometimes I'm like in a hole where I'm like, how did this even happen? How have I gone from being that person 10 days ago to where I am right now? And that's, had a massive impact i think has has been on my marriage on my career parenting before i had that awareness and if you you know imagine all these other women who maybe don't have you know the same support the knowledge they don't have um, people around them that can help maybe they don't have an understanding partner like how bad things can get when we don't know how to support ourselves and so I wonder if you could maybe give us a little snapshot. I know that you do this in a whole workshop, but just kind of like a very quick snapshot of of what, if we really haven't got an idea about what our cycle feels like and and why we feel like that, can you just give us that so women can start understanding why they feel like they do at certain times of the month?
1: So I think the fundamental thing to realise is this this saying men are linear and women are cyclical and you start thinking okay what does that mean so from puberty to death men's hormones do exactly the same thing they decline slightly but they do every single day what's going on from a hormone perspective is the same but for women who are cycling it changes every single day so the hormones in our body don't just give us a period which is the phase that we're familiar with or in bleeding or the leading up to it we, we're oblivious usually to the fact that we have anything else going on in the rest of the time. Yet these hormones peaking and troughing and different, they play multiple roles in the body. They affect our cognitive function, our mood balance, our digestion, our immunity, our gut health, our skin elasticity, our temperature. They affect everything. And yet we're expected as women to show up like men do, being the same every single day. And we aren't. What is physiologically going on in our body is changing on a day-to-day basis. And that is why I think so many women crash land into premenopause because we've ignored this cycle for decades. And the body goes, I can't do this anymore. We kind of go, 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 which is a very masculine energy. And women are designed to be very in action and outwards for some of the time and very inward and reflective and intuitive the other time. So this ebb and this flow, which correlates this link with the moon. So for women who say it may have had a hysterectomy, are taking contraception, this still applies even if you're not bleeding naturally. This still applies because we tie up with the moon. So the first day, the new moon would be equivalent to the first day of your bleed and the full moon. To your ovulation, which I can explain in more detail, but we are these cyclical beings, and when we start to understand that and apply that to our life, it changes everything. It really does. Instead of pushing through and powering through and being tired and depleted, we fill our cup, and then we stop presenting everyone around us. So our relationships become more fulfilling because we've been able to honour that inner slowing down. So yeah. The cyclical nature in is the, probably the quickest way I could summarise that. Yeah, Because
0: we we are cyclical beings. Yeah, I love that. And I was funny because you can't see this on the on the podcast, but behind Adele is she's got some gorgeous pictures of the different um waxing and waning of the moon. And I'm obsessed with the moon, and I literally. My kids always laugh at me because I'm always like, "Oh, it's a full moon" or "it's a, a new moon," and we've got. And I try and give them little hints and tips to to work in in the flow of the moon. And I feel it now. Now that I'm so aware of the moon and the impact. and you know, our bodies. What is it like? Seventy percent water, something like that. So if we're seventy percent water and the moon has a you know controls the sea and all of that, it's just obvious that this moon is going to have an impact on us but i love the analogy of the way the moon has a cycle and the way we have a cycle and it's pretty much within like it's 29 days isn't it the same as our kind of average female cycle so i i mean i love that some people might like more the scientific side of if no understanding their cycle but as women with adhd Am I right in saying that it's it's pretty normal for us to have the first half of our cycle feeling more energised and productive, our focus and our concentration is going to be better, we're going to feel more upbeat and when... Because the hormones have an impact on our dopamine, oestrogen depletes, our dopamine depletes, that's when we start feeling our our ADHD symptoms a bit more prominently. Hence the reason why perimenopause is often a time when women get diagnosed with ADHD because we are having depleted oestrogen. What can we do? maybe we're not quite ready for HRT, maybe we haven't hit perimenopause, but our cycles are starting to have more of an impact on us. What can women do to really harness that first half of the month or the first quarter of the month? And then what, what should we be doing as we get closer to our period?
1: Okay, so several things there. The first of all, you know, menstrual cycle awareness. This is what it's called about understanding our cycle, about tracking our own cycle, finding our own unique rhythms. Um, This is starting to become, you know, more and more prominent, which is amazing. But you'll read lots about it. And some women will say, well, that's not how I feel then. You know, quite often, as I have said, we've ignored this cycle for decades. And you sort of say, oh, you know, we're meant to feel amazing during this pre-ovulation phase, and when we go, well, I don't feel like that. I'm knackered. I'm worn out. And so we have to go right back to the beginning. And the first thing to do that I really encourage women to do is to track your own rhythm. And I've got a free tracker you can download off of my website. I'm a pen and paper kind of girl. I like to see it visually and have that there. And I suggest doing that for about three months and you will start to see your patterns. You will start to see the kind of clothes that you wear, your libido, the kind of food that you want to eat, the way you want to move your body, whether you want to connect with people or not, the way that you want to work. You will see for you these changes. And I think for ADHD women, we feel everything so much more. You know, we really feel this. When we're high, we're like, oh, you know, super weird we could take on the well. But when we crash into that low everything feels overwhelming and this I think is one of the reasons that so many women take so long to get diagnosed because when that estrogen is high and we're in those earlier phases we're like oh actually I'm fine I was maybe just having a bad week last week and we don't recognize it so I think the important thing to say here track your own cycle this is like step one and then it's understanding that you have four distinct phases every single month okay so I will I will bring in for women who are cycling naturally I'll bring in the the hormonal stage and then I'll also bring in the moon phase for those who aren't or a bit more irregular so the first phase is your pre-ovulation phase where you're from the day you stop bleeding up until ovulation. And this is like the bear coming out of the cave after hibernation. You're coming out in every day, your energy's rising, you've got much better cognitive function, you know, the action, getting your, you know, everything. I've got post-it notes everywhere in this phase. It's a really good time to set new intentions and plan for the month ahead. Real kind of building energy in this phase. And then we peak ovulation when estrogen's at its highest. So this would be the equivalent of the full moon. We've got this really abundant connected energy where we can spend quality time with our loved ones without it, great, going us too much, you know, and have this really sort of abundant positive time. And then slowly those, those hormones, estrogen starts to decline and progesterone rises. Um, and progesterone can be challenging for ADHD women you know because it's this suppressing effect on estrogen but in this phase so we can crash quite considerably in this phase and think oh my gosh I thought I had everything together and now I really don't know what I'm doing and I'm overwhelmed and you know and that's this real flare-up of PMT in this phase so managing this phase is so so important for ADHD women, particularly when we start to go into perimenopause and our, our cycles can go become more erratic. But a way to help ground in and really still be able to slow down and honor this phase is to follow the moon. Women find this really helpful to do this. And then we go into our bleed. And actually, a lot of women find relief. <laughs> you know, once their periods come, it's like, oh, I just needed to bleed. And, you know, and then in quite, you know, by day two or three, that estrogen starting to rise again. And so the most challenging part for all women, actually, if there's a particularly challenging phase of the cycle, but for ADHD women in particular, it's that luteal phase. Then that is the phase where our body is screaming at us to slow down. You know, from an evolutionary perspective, all we're meant to do is have babies and die, right? That's like literally what we're here for. So the whole body every month, all the energy is going to your womb. Your womb doubles in size when you're due to bleed. You know, that's a lot of weight, a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy to strip and shed that lining and rebuild it in a matter of days and yet we're still powering through we're still going to the gym we're still going socializing we're still working we're still and then we go I'm so tired so actually when we go no that phase I know is really tough for me I'm stripping it right back you know we do, we can't go and live in a cave or off in a red tent in debt as it was many eons ago you know how lovely that would be but what we can do is buffer that time. So it's like, OK, I've got to give a presentation at work that day, but I'm making sure I take the lunch break. I'm not going to the gym after work. I'm going home. I'm running myself a bath and I'm going to sit and watch Netflix for the night. You know, it is that. And that is good because we've been conditioned to think that that is lazy, mm-hmm. that we shouldn't be resting. But what it does is it turbo us. For the rest of the month. And it makes us not have that inner critic, why is everyone else coping with this? Which is such an ADHD woman narrative, right? Why has everyone else got their stuff together and I'm sat here like in carnage? Mm-hmm. And, you know, particularly in that phase, when we come back and go, no, it's just the phase that I'm in, that can be so relieving we don't think we're going crazy we don't think our lives falling apart I know in a few days time this is going to shift and it's going to pass
0: yeah oh my god I just love it it's like giving us full permission to embrace where we where we're at and you know you were talking about going to the gym and I know that I typically always injure myself when I working out as i would at the beginning of my cycle um you know just five days three or four five days before my period and it's like no because you're not designed to be doing what you're doing right now before your period your body wants to rest and you know how you described about what our body internally is doing we're not focusing on the build-up and the womb expanding and how exhausting that is and why we're craving carbs why we're eating more like it's our body needing that energy to do what it does and we as women are creators you know I, I think about this from such a fundamental level we are like you say from you know this very basic level we're here to to have babies but we create and we birth and we are massively integral to the the spinning of this world, like you know, if it wasn't for us, there wouldn't be humankind. I mean, obviously, there's you know, men have some impacts on it, but we are the ones <laughs> that are, are giving birth and creating, and so we have to honour our energy and we have to honour when when it's time to rest and not shaming ourselves.
1: I think there's a massive thing there around permission, you know, giving ourselves permission to stop I mean we're not great at that let's be honest and you know there's like always something we'll get distracted by something and that I'll just do that I'll just do that I'll just do that and then it's like oh it's five o'clock and, you know, giving ourselves permission to say, I need to rest in this time, I need to make my life as easy as possible during this time. And, you know, just to pick up on something that you said, um, around wanting the carbs during this phase, I mean, ADHD women notoriously, we're not great at remembering to eat and eat the right stuff. And then suddenly we can be in this like, oh my gosh, Phoebe, now, give me the carbs. And actually, I think during that luteal phase, yeah. our PMT phase, yeah. it's that it's that tends to be the most challenging phase because our blood sugars become more dysregulated and because insulin is less sensitive because the estrogen isn't there. So again, it's really important to think of that phase like actually the good proteins, the good fats, getting them in to re- and trying to really remember to eat and prioritize food during that phase. A good protein and a good fat breakfast will just help you survive that kind of
0: period Mm -hmm. if it is more challenging for you yeah so I've got a few questions I'm going to throw at you and and this is all personal personal stuff to me and hopefully it'll help others please do ovulation (laughs) for me I always have a really bad day or two I suddenly turn into like a psycho in the middle of my my cycle and I just wondered what the ovulation's doing to my hormones and what's it doing to my ADHD and why I'm just so on edge and not a very nice version of myself.
1: So, I'm really pleased that you asked this because this is something. Because I work obviously with a lot of ADHD women around their hormones, and quite often, this is when I was saying, you know, track your own rhythm because it might be not what you read in the books. Because ovulation times, the center of your cycle, can be really challenging for some women at this phase. Now, it can take a little bit of detective work to figure it out because sometimes if you get the PMT type symptoms, it can be a histamine issue because estrogen and histamine feed off each other, and histamine makes you feel horrible. Okay, so that could be something to look at. Um, but I think there's also, you know, it's like if you think of oestrogen, this is how I see it. Oestrogen is a bit like speed, and progesterone is a bit like cannabis. And for us, we have like this surge of oestrogen coming into our brain. It, it, I think it can just wire us. I think it can make us a little bit like, whoa, you know, and have that impact. But like, there's so much research missing. We just don't know the impact on ADHD women, specifically with this hormone stuff. We're just not there with it. So we can hypothesise. But you know, you are not alone. It's not unusual for ADHD women to find ovulation quite challenging. And it, I'm sure it's this surge of estrogen pushing up and impacting us. Um, I think it just makes us go
0: a bit wired. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And I've noticed that like hugely. And then it's kind of like what happens is i notice noticed that I, before then, I'm doing okay. The ovulation time is a bit like that, like checker, as in like, you know, just so you know, things are all going to go downhill from now. Mm. And that's when I start feeling my energy depleting and when I start feeling, so- Yeah.
1: Not. I think quite what can quite happen if you notice you've ovulated just after you ovulate and you get that sinking, mm. that I think as well. This is just my opinion based on you know my analysis with hormones is that testosterone drops. Which makes us feel great. Mm-hmm. Oestrogen drops. And depending, I mean, your hormones can literally suddenly drop in your body like they've gone off a ledge, you know? So you've had this high, and then it's like, whoosh, you can go quite quickly down before they, the other hormones start to move up again. So you go into this like really tricky phase of a couple of days where you've had this surge of hormones that suddenly drops off very quickly. And the other hormones, like progesterone, haven't started to rise enough to kind of balance that so you go into this really tricky couple of transition days and and then it can feel like it starts to balance out again does that make sense yeah
0: it really does yeah
1: so it's not a simple answer Mm -hmm. it's about looking at you as an individual and going right let's work out what else is going on but they are some things that can play a role for us. And we I just think we're so sensitive. Yeah, I'm sure we have like double the number of hormone receptors to neurotypical yeah.
0: women. <laughs> Well, we're like empaths, aren't we? So everything yeah. we feel, like you say, we feel everything yeah. and we are everything is sort of exaggerated and escalated. And in some ways it's incredible. We've got amazing imaginations and creativity and energy sometimes. And then, you know, there's always, you know, there's a, there's a good side and a, and a slightly less good side. And, and I think, you know, hormones, it's just another portrayal of that. Another question, why? Oh, and again, this is me from myself, but I have heard it from quite a lot of other women with ADHD. Why are we more sensitive to progesterone, and why does that, why does progesterone have more of an impact on us than others? okay so this is really
1: interesting so as i said like if you can just work with my kind of an, my narcotics analogy of the hormone, <laughs> if you're it. looking at, at estrogen being like this high like the, you know like this kind of sort of class a buzzy kind of high and then project but the plus of that for us adh divas is it massively sensitizes the dopamine the serotonin the norepinephrine or you know all these amazing things that help us function really well now as that declines in neurotypical women Progesterone then comes up, and progesterone is known as the keep calm and carry on hormone. So it kind of has this lovely soothing effect until that then drops off, and then we go into like our PMT type symptoms. But this is challenging for ADHD women because we're loving estrogen, making our neurotransmitters work really well. And of course, then progesterone kicks in and kind of dampens the party. So a big role of it is to keep oestrogen in check. So we don't want that. (laughs) You know, we need oestrogen to be taking that role to help with our neurotransmitters and help with our executive functioning. So when progesterone starts to rise, it can be quite challenging for ADHD women. Mm. And that's why. Does that explain it?
0: Yeah, it does. And, And again, I'm, you know, I'm happy to just sort of disclose what I'm going through at the moment because I think it is helpful. So I have been trying hrt and but that's because um from about the age of about 40 41 i started feeling definitely some perimenopausal symptoms and i thought i'm so young to be experiencing this and you know not many of my friends were um, but i was having these night sweats like crazy night sweats my moods were so exaggerated through the month and i just didn't feel like me energy wise like i would feel like a dead weight you know the last week or t- you know two of my my cycle it was just so exaggerated so I've been seeing an amazing. Um, she was a guest on the on the podcast, Dr. Emma Ping, and Dr. Ping has helped me understand how my ADHD has impacting these per, perimenopausal symptoms, and we've come up with a very um, personalized plan of how I can use HRT to help my ADHD, but also help me feel better. Now, what we've done is I've started using um, the Easter gel. Um, so I've started just with the estrogen for a couple of months. And I know this isn't typical. And we're gonna start the progesterone tablets um vaginally, because I've explained to her that I have a progesterone sensitivity. And so we are using the progesterone very Um, slowly we're introducing it we're being very careful with it but I know from you know from a womb lining perspective from you know a uterine perspective it's very important that we we bring in the progesterone however I'm absolutely dreading it's happening in a few weeks because I've been on this oestrogen party and I've absolutely loved it I've really noticed you know within a week of being on the on the gel I was just like oh my god like this is what I needed I have not had any night sweats. I felt so much more calmer, so much more balanced. I felt more in control of my emotions, of my reactions, of just being less critical of myself, but also less critical of others. Like my husband has really enjoyed the fact that I have been, you know, like a more kind of just a, just a more equal version of myself it's been really wonderful but now i'm a bit worried about the progesterone because i know the progesterone is something that i have struggled with so I'm, i might report back with <laughs> to everyone but i am literally a living experiment right now of how i can we we can move through this this kind of hrt um kind of journey i guess
1: i'm so pleased that you bring hrt up because Whether you have symptoms or not, it needs to be explored and actually those without symptoms probably are more at risk because they're the most powerful biochemicals in our body. We need them to have a long and healthy life and yet there's so much misunderstanding about HRT which I'm sure you've explored. But I think that what we know, okay, so some of my training has been with the International Menopause Society, which is the most up-to-date medical research from the leading professors. And what we know right now to be true is that women are waiting too late to get support for their premenopausal symptoms. And we're in a state where it's like trying to treat a middle of a migraine with an aspirin. Okay, we need to take it back. And actually the first symptoms Of perimenopause do start in your early 40s. And it's those women who are presenting in GP surgeries with anxiety, insomnia, low mood, mood imbalances, and we're treating it with psychiatric medication when actually it's a hormonal imbalance that is not understood. And if we brought that back and included HRT in treatment plans and then see what symptoms are left afterwards, we would have a lot more healthier, balanced women. This is the most up-to-date research. So if you are a perimenopausal ADHD woman, I cannot encourage you enough to advocate for yourself to have HRT considered in your plan Early. Now, something that is relevant for us, and I'm so pleased to hear that you've got a GP who's listening to you and doing this work. That's amazing because it's not understood the role hormones play on ADHD. So, for us to go straight in, so in the first phases of perimenopause, because there's two distinct phases. The first phase is a progesterone deficiency. So progesterone clients because we stop ovulating. And so you would think, well, give us some progesterone as, you know, that, that, that is one model of managing HRT. But actually, that could have a detrimental effect on our ADHD. So they might be inclined to bring in the estrog- estrogen earlier. Than they would with a neurotypical person. Now, this is going to take a doctor who's really going to listen to you and really hear you and be really open to, like, for me, body identical hormones taken in the right way, um, you know, to really manage it before it gets too late. You know, women should not be waiting until we're in this state storm, I'm really trying not to swear, as this storm of symptoms that are then a nightmare to unpick and had this ripple effect on our lives, you know, because then we start going, oh my God, I'm shouting at the people I love the most. Who am I? I don't know, who have I become? Just need some hormones. Yeah. You know, they are fundamental and women see it as a failure, like, oh, I've had to go on HRT. Give me the HRT it's amazing. I'm all about the lifestyle. I'm all about, you know, bring it. It's not just HRT on its own. It's bringing all these other tools in because the way that we lived in the phase of our life in our 20s and 30s, our body's not going to tolerate it anymore. We have to transition with it. And so, yeah, all about the HRT, getting it in earlier and trying to find what works for you and saying to your GP, you're going to have to advocate for this because it's highly unlikely they will not be aware of it. And that's tough. You know, when you've got a hormone imbalance, You've usually got these mood imbalances, you're exhausted, you can have brain fog. And then you've got to go in and really advocate for yourself and say, look, this is what I know to be true about me as an ADHD woman in terms of my hormones. I need a really specialist approach of maybe trial and error to see what I'm going to respond to. You know, something else that women can look at, if the progesterone tablet feels a bit too strong, you can get a progesterone cream, um, which is over the counter which is, you know, can be a bit gentler for some women who maybe want to try that in the earlier
0: stages. So there's that to consider as well. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I mean, it is, it's it's fantastic. I mean, uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm paid privately with with Dr. Emma Ping Mm. because I have not been able to find anyone that understands ADHD and menopause the way she understands it. And, you know, she's given me an hour session of her time where we have gone through all this. And actually what I did was I got my my husband to sit in on one of the conversations because I needed him to sit there. First of all, because of my ADHD brain, because it can be a bit confusing. Um, there's certain times you have to do the, the gel for x amount of days and then you know bringing the progesterone and and it's because it's so personalized we've tweaked it and she's been really amazing with her flexibility and she's empowered me with making some choices as well she's given me the facts she's explained to me that if not going on progesterone for a few months can be you know can Bring more um, issues, perhaps with the with the lining of my womb, and, and we've we've worked together to come up with a plan that I feel really happy with, um, and unfortunately because of the resources with the NHS at the moment with GPs they just don't have the time they don't have the knowledge and I'm not criticising anyone it's just. That impact of knowing that I'm in control has been so huge and and so enlightening. And I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. for being able to make contact with people like you and, and on the podcast because I'm learning so much. And hopefully by me asking all these questions, lots of other women are learning as well. And I think it's it's we're just at the the beginning, we're just at the precipice of really making the connection between ADHD and, and hormones. Like you say, that the the research isn't there, the evidence isn't there, so we've only got anecdotal. And when I speak to my I speak to my doctor, and I'm presume with you as well, with your clients, is that you're hypothesizing because you're hearing women and I have it as well I have women coming to me and saying telling me how they're feeling where they're struggling what's good for them what's not great for them and we're learning from the stories and from the experience and I hope that you know science and and everything backs what we're hearing already because it's true it's there we've got it you know we've got the women speaking it.
1: And I think, hey, I hear a similar drive with you. I am so vocal about this work because I don't want our daughter's daughters to have to be having these conversations. And again, this is no criticism of, of doctors because they cannot know the level of detail that we know. My privilege is all I do day in, day out is women's cycles. It's hormones. That's all I do. That's my privilege to know all of that. I do. A GP can't know that because they can't know all of that about everything. And unfortunately, I've worked with a lot of women who have endo, PCOS, PMDD, and quite often they feel gaslit. You know, some of my women, it it takes 10 years on average to get diagnosed for endo. So this is, you know, coming back to like looking at the tracking, when you're perimenopausal, to go in with that data and say, look at what is happening to me look at what is going on for me. And this is one of the things that I do in sessions with women is I teach women how to track their traits against their hormones. That's really powerful data.
0: Can you explain that? What? Just ex- explain to me what that means.
1: So I think one of the things that we know as ADHD is it shows up so differently in all of us, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I know one of the things for me. So when I go into my luteal, so my premenstrual phase, literally you can tell me something and two minutes later i've forgotten it i mean i even the other day my husband kissed me goodbye every morning he kissed me goodbye i phoned him i was like baby you okay he's like yeah Why?" i you kiss me goodbye i went yeah i did <laughs> like that is how bad my memory gets during that phase is that estrogen drops off so that's a really powerful trait for me is memory and i can i can track in my circle i know where that's flaring up but that might not be so much of an issue for other women and that is how we make an ADHD-friendly lifestyle around our hormones, is by really understanding where our traits are, the strengths and the shadows of our ADHD, and then applying that knowledge to our life, you know. And this sounds, some people go, oh my God, that sounds so complicated. It really isn't. Once you see it, and you've got that there, you that is such a powerful data you can take it to your healthcare providers you can apply it to your life you can take it to your partner your children whatever is around you say look I've been gathering this data about myself I know you can take it to employer you know if they're open to that conversation say that is not a good time for me to be sitting in a meeting on behalf of the organization or remembering things or delivering training because I'm just going to keep forgetting words you know and actually but that week I'll be amazing at it you know, this is how we sort of get that data and then really deep dive with it. It's about the application and embodiment of it. And once we get it, it's, it changes our life. Honestly, I cannot tell you how incredibly alleviating, empowering, uplifting, understanding how you ebb and flow and fluctuate throughout the month is on changing your life. It's the way we should be living. And I hate that word should, but it is. We're feminine, that's how we're meant to live. Our body is doing that all the time. Yeah. Just offering ourselves that compassion, that kindness. Actually, there's nothing wrong with me. My hormone's dropped off. I'm in this phase of my cycle. Give me a few days. You know, saying to your partner, please don't talk to me about money in this phase. Can we do it? Can we have that conf- Or parenting or whatever the trigger is? Can we do it then? Because, I'm, you know, with the hormones I've got in my body during my ovulation phase or my pre-ovulation, I'm much better able to focus on the conversation. I'm much better able to see both sides of it. It's going to be much less triggering for me. You know, it's these, just these minor changes that have such a big impact
0: yeah absolutely and just kind of like i'm thinking about like libido and sex as well i'm like towards you know the week before my period of like don't touch me don't go don't near me away. don't breathe yeah. near me yeah just like leave me alone yeah. i just want like he comes into the bathroom and i'm having a bath i'm like why are you in here like, well, i'm just brushing <laughs> you know? my teeth and i'm like no, no 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 this is my sacred space and so i kind of go very much into my into a shell and i don't want anyone in my little kind of area um and he understands now but before he was a bit like you know why so horrible to me but i mean now but i'm aware and i'm i'm a bit more kind of like you know it's my time of, you know near my time of the month and so i just need you to kind of like just give me a bit of space um just you know just so i can be be me and just be left alone a little bit um and so i just think it's really important that we have these these conversations you know with our partners as well so they understand it's not just us doing all of this on our own and and having almost like a female um collective it's it's bringing in you know, if we are with with male partners and bringing them in, so they can understand what what's going on. Before think, we finish, sorry, go on, Adele. No, I was
1: just going to say that that's so important that we bring our guys along with this. I with the caveat I would put to that is only in when you're if you're in an abusive relationship I'd be really reluctant to share this information with your partner because it can be used just because you know we're working with women here I just wanted to put that out but as you speak to your partner most partners just want you to be happy they don't want the deep dive woo-woo kind of bits about what's going on it's like give them the science when can I have sex? You know, that's the kind of the conversations they want to have to tell me what to do and when, and most partners of it. And that's so true, because we do, we are being called to go in our cave in that phase, come in our cave, slow down, and I will like you a lot more the rest of the month.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's really powerful what you said about, you know, if we are with um, abusive partners, and and being able to, yeah I mean this it's so nuanced isn't it there's so much and obviously I'm sort of talking about male female relationships but there's all different types of of relationships but I think the fundamental um point I want to make is communication where it's appropriate and being able to, to communicate that before we finish and I wanted to just ask cuz this is something that I I use a huge amount um you know, a lot of, and, and that is essential oils and how I, before HRT, before I even understood lots of the things, I was always naturally drawn to to essential oils. Could, I know this is a whole thing on its own, could you give us some ideas of oils to use when we are needing that boost towards the last two weeks of our cycle? What would you, um, yeah, um you know, what would Absolutely. you
1: say? So um, I, it, I go into this in, in my book and it's about each phase has strengths and shadows. OK, so the oils are an incredible tool to maximise the strengths and really help you to like really utilise the strengths of that phase, but also help to manage the shadows. So when we're looking at that luteal phase in particular, which be that lead up to our period, in that phase, we're usually feeling low energy being called to go inward, So the oils that really help with that are really grounding oils. Our sleep can become disruptive. So vetiver is a beautiful oil to help us during that phase. Something like um, cedarwood is a really nice one to help just ground us in our bodies and help to really bring that still and slowness. But also we live in this world that doesn't let us always do that. We have to show up, you know, we might have to give the presentation. So what you want is like, okay, I need my, I've got a bit of brain fog at the moment. I really, you know, I've, I'm not on it. Something like lemon, really cleansing, really refreshing, just helping to kind of open you up something like eucalyptus, you know, really opening just to help like, right, just help me get through this phase. So it's managing the shadows. Does that make sense?
0: yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely i mean some of my favorite oils um because i have a, a collection and i i use a lot of uh lang lang um i just find that really helps my intuition it really kind of um i don't know just opens something up um peppermint and rosemary for sort of concentration for you know really sort of getting focused um um, I love any of the citrus ones they're also you know for me they're very uplifting um, frankincense clary sage um, yeah I love vetiver as well so, I
1: think like um, for me like the citrus oils go really with that mother fa- with the ovulation phase you know it's that abundance it's that gratitude it's that uplifting it's that real really captures the essence of that mm, you yeah. love to use those there
0: so tell me what, tell me about the book, where can people find it? And is this, is this I mean, what we've been talking about is, is a lot of information in the book um, about all our cycles and how we can harness them.
1: Yeah, so the book um, I co-authored with my friend, Rochelle Hubbard, it's available in essential oil supplies called Essential Feminine Wisdom. And this really deep dives in this book, you can download a free tracker on there, which is in a cycle. You can get a a wheel that comes with it that breaks down each of the phases with the oils to use. And then the book really breaks down the different phases, the energy of the phases, and then how to use essential oils to work with the strengths and the shadows in quite a deep way. We've got protocols in there. Um, Yeah. And just a way to connect with your femininity, your feminine cyclical nature with the oils. Brilliant
0: oh brilliant and where people are listening to you and think you know i'd absolutely love to work with you how can they find you which you work once one is it workshops Mm.
1: yeah so i like to hang out on instagram um i offer free discovery calls for women who would like to understand more about hormone imbalances some women come to me because they just want a hormone mot to see what's going on with them um or other women because there is an imbalance there and we look at a lot I create bespoke plans for women who um want to look at a all of their lifestyle and obviously with a specific interest in adhd so and i work very closely with um some amazing private gps who fully get hrt and how they can support women with that if needed amazing
0: amazing so i will put what's your website called that people can it's, find you on um, harmonizeu.co.uk fantastic okay i'm going to make sure that we have all that information in the show notes because i think what you're doing is absolutely the most powerful thing that you can you know you can gift women especially as we're you know heading towards perimenopause so thank you so much for for your time today I've just Mm. absolutely loved this conversation thanks for having me Kate so that's today's episode done did what we talk about resonate with you I really hope you found some takeaways that may inspire you to make some small changes that enhance your daily life And if you did find this episode insightful, please do consider sharing it. Knowledge and awareness is power, especially with ADHD. You can also head over to the show's Instagram page, which is ADHD Women's Wellbeing Pod, and join the community that's waiting for you there. And if this episode really did strike a chord, please do consider leaving us a review to enable more people who need to hear these conversations find the show. Thanks so much for joining me today and see you next time. So living in a busy household where I'm constantly switching tasks, which we all know isn't that easy for the ADHD brain, I've recently been using a new tool to help me focus and concentrate while getting my work done. I came across Brain.fm after someone else with ADHD recommended it to me and wow, I'm so glad I discovered it. I'm hooked and I'm using it pretty much every day now Brain FM has access to over a thousand tracks across a wide range of different music genres and nature soundscapes, all specifically designed to help you focus, sleep, relax, and meditate. I've recently used the different soundscapes to relax on a plane, train, and cab, as well as choosing an hour-long relaxed track while having some very much needed reflexology. I've also used it to help me meditate and focus on my breath. And if you are anything like me, I can get easily distracted by outside noises. And having the Brain FM app on my phone is a quick option to help me do what I want to do, distraction free. But here's the best bit if you're interested in the neuroscience like me Brain FM has based all their chosen tracks on neuroscience and psychology. So you can discover the perfect music for your brain by personalizing science based features like neural effect and music complexity meaning we can change our own neural pathways using brain FM's chosen tracks. And the focus music is made to help you work better by blending into the background so you can focus distraction free. and trust me, it works. I've been so productive using brain FM and this is all the while stimulating the brain with gentle rhythmic pulses in the music that supports sustained attention. Now, if this is something that you feel that you need in your life, and trust me, I would not be promoting it if I didn't think it was worthwhile, I've got a discount code for you. So you can head to brain.fm forward slash ADHD women's wellbeing. That's brain.fm forward slash ADHD women's wellbeing. And I've got a code for you, which is ADHD women's wellbeing. You can start your free trial straight away. And then you get the discount when they decide to charge you. All the details I will put on my show notes. So if you go to brain.fm, ADHD Women's Wellbeing, and use the coupon code ADHD Women's Wellbeing.